So I'm inviting you to open the eyes just because to invite the, this kind of meditative awareness, this presence in life, you know, where when we are awake, a lot of the time our eyes are actually open. And so is it possible to have this kind of, what is it, sensitivity, or care, attention, presence with eyes open? It's a good, can be a good little practice. But mi- I understand. I'm like, no, it's so good with the eyes closed. <laughs> so I can't remember if I was here last week. Was I? N- no, uh, no, because there was the retreat. Yeah. So uh, last week I was uh, on Tuesday night. I was teaching a class and uh, so I keep bringing from one place to the next, the things that touched me, and because uh, I think they, m- they might be useful things, but um, after the after the sitting like this, I ask, I can't remember the actual question, but the question was something like, what, what was rich in what happened? What was of value in what just happened in these 20 minutes of sitting? What would make you come back to a class? You know, what, was there something of value? And uh, it was very interesting. Like it, it really—it's uh, been, yeah, it's been a week now, and it, it, it stays with me even when I'm home and practicing. I'm like, wow. There was four answers, like boom, 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 like this. And the four answers were such a beautiful description of practice. So one person raised their hand at to, to answer the question, and they said, they said this, this to me, the value of what just happened is that there was a calming or pacifying so I went from thinking of a, about a lot of things to actually kind of tuning in and becoming quiet so there was a quiet thing tuning <laughs> that was uh, is something I value a lot that happens sometimes in meditation and it just happened and to me that was the richness of this okay so another person raised their hand and they said to me, it was it was good because people were you could see they were kind of trying to put it in words and and uh, so this person said to me there was um, it was something about space almost felt like uh, there was a different space different inner space you know uh, so a, a kind of alteration of percep percep you know because it was the same room and everything but there was inner space suddenly you know instead of being under occupation, occupied, preoccupied, you know. Suddenly it seemed like the space was opening up, the inner space. And somebody else in the back of the room raised their hand and they said, to me I think it was something about time. It's kind of time opened up. Like it felt like I was coming here and rushing to get here and so many things to do all day and suddenly it was a different kind of time. It was like outside of time or time stopped or time opened up already by that time I was very touched I thought wow that's amazing in like a few minutes you know even maybe the sit might have been only 15 minutes then and such alterations and then the last person raised their hand and they said um, to me it was something I think about perceptions how, how things appeared like 
for example, there might have been a sense that there was something that happened that I needed to take care of and it was really important. And after the meditation, now I'm like, yeah, it did happen. We need to take care of it, but it doesn't appear in the same way. It appear, my perception of mm. this problem appears different. You know, it's still mm. there, but can you can you relate yeah. to this? Mm-hmm. I I could follow every mm. one of these things, and but these these are such uh, <coughs> unique expression of things that are very classic. They were actually all talking about. Uh, uh, change of perception, the perception of time changes, the perception of space changes. So the power of this practice to be able to, uh, by just a change of attitude, a change of, uh, you know, instead of telling life what it is, which could be one way to describe it, you know, like you start to listen and things open up a bit. I don't know if you had access to this, that would, some of these would describe a little bit your experience. But it, it is something pretty common. If it's not today, it might be at another time. You might actually say, oh, exactly, that's it. Time just appeared different. And so it speaks to the power of these minds. They can actually alter reality mm. for us in ways that are beneficial, not only for us, but for others. Because all these things described, I'm sure everybody benefits from that, you know. A mom coming back home with a uh, a pacified mind, you know, with a calm mind, or a partner, or a colleague that has more space in their heart and mind, or more time has opened to them so they can really actually listen to you instead of like, having you tell the thing very efficiently, so it's done, I heard you, yeah, you know, but there's lots of time, suddenly. So, this uh, is talking about practice. And to me, uh, the way I understand these days what's happening, it's, and I enjoy the fact that it's always changing. It's very alive for me, this practice. It is alive, like life. And my understanding is changing, so thoughts that I have that you might have heard me uh, say here, but I'm going to bring them back because they're more and more alive and I'm happy about these things happening, is uh, I think I'm clarifying what the practice is. It took only 20 years. <laughs> but I, no, I think it's actually going to be a clarifying what the practice is until the end. You know, there's never, it's always going to be unfolding. Mm-hmm. It's life. It's dynamic. It's opening. So there's no... You know, I like that one uh, teacher, um, uh, Hamid, uh, uh, said, oh no, this thing about the awakening, the final awakening of the Buddha, I don't think so. I think it's perpetual opening, you know, like it's it's never going to end. I I enjoyed that version. I wish the Buddha had taught that. (laughs) 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 We actually don't know exactly what he thought. Two thousand six hundred years of uh, male dominance, mostly <laughs> reorganizing reality. <laughs> but uh, so it's in a way it's good because it's open for investigation, as the Dharma is known to be open for investigation, accessible here and now for in a very democratic way. But the way it appears to me this these days is that. You know, there's definitely a while where I might have thought that good practice of meditation was to actually be able to follow the breath, 
you know, be able to feel the sensations. But now I'm like, no, 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 that was not it. It's the way I was presenting the, the, the practice earlier. is like all these things, the breath is just there to reveal beingness, that there is sensitivity, there's consciousness, there's, there's beingness that is happening. It's pointless that somebody could say, like, I can't follow the breath, you know, for 25 or 150 breaths, and I'm really on, and I'm never leaving it, and yeah, how's that helping you? <laughs> it might be really helpful. But I think for me is that now, it's like, oh, there's, there's a breathing being here. There's, there's a, a sense of, there's a, I don't know what words to use. It's, it's not easy, but you can tell me if it, something translates, if it give, gives you access to something. But by noticing breathing, I notice that there is sensitivity or intelligence or cognition is happening. There's, there's a being. Being is happening. Mm-hmm. The verb, being. Being mm-hmm. is happening. Sound is not like, oh, I can really hear sounds really precisely and cleanly or fully. It's because in hearing, I'm touched by beingness. There's a beingness happening here. And all the other things that I notice, they, they're revealing that there is this thing happening that is strange and awe-inspiring, maybe. Or <coughs> there's like, wow, there's aliveness, there's consciousness, there's... And, uh, and it seems to me that practice is mainly coming back to that when the whole day I'm busy doing things and don't notice that I'm being and that others are being also, you know, that we're being. You know. I don't notice this, but I come to meditation to take notice of that and be touched by that. To me, that's the opening of the heart. So if the beingness is a happy beingness, is a comfortable beingness, then joy arises. The sensitivity, and it's delightful to be sensitive to little sounds and light through the eyes. It's, it's remarkable that it's happening at all. So I'm touched by this. And if what I'm being in the middle of is difficult, then it seems like it opens the heart to compassion. Wow being is such a strange thing it's so difficult sometimes to be we would prefer to be something else or not be you know not be I don't want to be you know but we're being and we're being crooked or oppressed or contracted or uncertain or confused and wow look at that being confused how touching is that beings are like this sometimes they're confused or they're triggered, or they're some something is happening to them that is not fun. You know, wow, look at that. Let me be touched by that. And what I'm noticing is that constantly in my life and in people's I people I uh, observe it seems like there's a constant, constantly abandoning life for some kind of impre- Im- Im- impression, some kind of sense, some kind of perception, some kind of belief that I'll, I'll be able to be when I get to this place, when I 
when I'm that one or when I get that or when I and it it can be so like nothing like I can see in myself sometimes like oh my god mm. I'm giving up being fully like I'm because when I believe it's somewhere else later or when in another state or being some somebody else or some when I believe this it seems like the experience become an experience of fragmentation like I'm not complete it's over there it's later or it was in the past or I lost it or you know and sometimes it's so like how easily I give up my fullness look at how easily I, I do it I think it's a couple of days ago or in the last few hours I was home waiting for the 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 la bouilloire I was waiting for the water to boil and I noticed that I had given up my fullness I was fragmented because I was waiting for the water to boil not only like waiting for somebody to acknowledge me or to you know somebody you know somebody to think I'm special not, not like this I was just like <laughs> waiting for water to boil and I was like wow I'm not full anymore like I'm not I've discarded, I've abandoned being because I think it's in the, like I was like this, looking at the bouilloir, uh, you know, like, come on, you know, I have to get there. The happiness is there, you know. I mean, I'm putting words to it, but it's not words, of course, and the words are funny, but the experience inside is like, and I notice, you know, I'll do this in traffic. Even walking in the street, I wait for the light, and I'm postponing my fullness because it's on the other side. Like, when the light turns, <laughs> then I'll be able to be full. But then I'm full, because when the light turns, it's when I'm going to be on the other side. And then it's when I'm going to be down the stairs at the subway. And then it's when the subway will arrive. And then it's when the subway will reach its destination. It's never-ending postponing of life. You know? And it's amazing that... The, to me, it's, vi it's an amazing like little violence... It's like, no, you're not going to be happy. It's later. Don't you get it? You know, it's when the meal is finished and the dishes are washed, you know. And this is the small versions. <laughs> and I'm not even talking to you about the crazy stuff in there. Of like, really. And so my practice is to use sounds to become aware that I'm being right now. There is being right now. It's worth. It's fragile. It's uh, ephemeral. It's it's happening, but it won't happen all the time. It's it's actually happening now, and it, it's ephemeral right now. It's special right now, and I'm actually not taking care of that. It's worth taking care of. I don't know if something is translating. It's not easy to do, um, and so suddenly there's more of a commitment of wanting to be here be fully here and take care of what's happening whatever it is in a way it's, it becomes a little bit irrelevant not irrelevant it's relevant but this or that is there's something happening now and it's the same with the other it translates very easily to the other then I'll notice also that the other is there and that the other also is existing which is an amazing thing because I've noticed that when something exists 
and I'm there for it, it really exists. And at some point, it just so doesn't exist anymore. You know? Like, I don't know, let's say I'm confused by something. I don't understand something that somebody said or happened. I'm really confused. It's really existing. And then if somebody tells me, like, no, what I meant was that, then it's cleared. Then the confusion is so unexistent. Now it's just like, oh, of course, that's what you meant. Okay, okay, okay. Then it's gone. The confusion is gone. Then it's clarity. And clarity, when it exists, is so exists. They're all ephemeral events. When I pay attention, I notice, wow, how precious is this? Like just this gathering now. It's so strange that it happened, that we're all here now together. And we actually are here, being together. <laughs> Crazy. And by being attentive to that, I don't know if you feel this, but to me it gives me access to the ephemerality of this. I, I, when I plug in, it becomes obvious that it's actually, it's just now, you know, it's not going to be there for very long. It's actually escaping all the time, you know, and new all the time. And so... The paying attention is not so that we really succeed at staying with the breath. It's to reveal that there's something actually happening now. There's a being sitting here. And so the, it seems like, wow, so the Buddha, what was his instruction? It seems like he was saying, be aware of the posture you're in. Not so you're so good at being, A, I'm really good at being aware of sitting. Uh, being aware of standing, I'm working on that. <laughs> You know, but sitting, I'm really good at being aware of that. You know? It's not that. It's by being coming to something very primary. Not who will I be in, in the past, and who was I, and who could I have been. Not that, but sitting is happening right now. It's the door opening to discovering that there's life happening here. So the Buddha talks about postures. He talks about breath. He talks about seem to have talked about uh, senses experience the different sense doors of being aware of mind states and it, to me these days it's like, oh my god that was this trick to make me become aware that this life is happening otherwise I, I get entranced by my thoughts about life by how it should be could be, will be will it be, you know And then I get stuck, I get uh, kidnapped, fragmented, separated. And so the practice of the sitting is to explore that, and then the idea is to open the eyes and see if we can stay aware of that, that we're actually being now. And can we do this in movement, as we are in talking to somebody else, becoming aware like, wow, We're actually being together. One other place where I can actually uh, fragment myself is uh, when I'm teaching. If I get caught in having some, some uh, curriculum to deliver, then I lose presence. I lose. But if while I'm 
talking and stay awake that we're actually together considering life, my sense is I have more chance of accessing, like transmitting something, and actually time opens up. It's not like I have so many points to make and I have only so much time to, you know, it's time opens up. That perspective changes. It doesn't seem so important. What's important is that there's something happening here. And in that we can use the words, I can use the words to maybe make it stand out in some way or... And so, I don't know, does it mean something for you? Does it, can, could it mean something in your life tonight, you know, later today? Going back home, you know, would that be a good place to be alive fully? And what I like about that kind of practice is, is that my sense is that things start to vibrate, resonate again. There's a, it's as if we were allowing the feedback loop. When I'm in my ideas of how I am, how I should be, etc., etc., things are not r- vibrating in the same way, resonating in the same way. But when I pay attention, there's something special happening now. We're alive. I mean, there's a body sitting and breathing and a heart beating. I'm touched. I'm touching life. I'm touched by life. Seems like, uh, yeah, there's a resonance in the heart. I can be touched really by what's happening inside of me, in relationships, in the world. You know, seems like my chances of responding wisely or creatively or appropriately are heightened. I'm not going to answer from my ideas of what should be happening. I'm going to answer from what's happening and from resonance. From and it's good in and of itself, you know, to be a, to be vibrant, alive, really alive, not half there, but fully there. And yes, sometimes it's extremely challenging because it's things are not going the way we want them to go. And so it can be, you know, it's a practice. It will require a lot of falling flat on our face, getting lost, caught in all kinds of ways, and starting over again and applying a lot, inviting a lot of humility, a lot of... Uh, Patience, courage, maybe some playfulness, curiosity. So I don't know if there are comments or questions or things to be named or explored more. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for me because that's not been my practice. I've not been uh, uh, taught, taught that. So I think 
I actually don't know, but I, you know, being a white male, I have an opinion about that. <laughs> like, I have an opinion about everything. <laughs> And I believe it's of value. <laughs> so I'm speaking from my white male location here. So you can take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> so... Um, I have a sense that it could be really helpful to gather the mind that is scattered, you know. So, in, you know, if I'm uh, all over the place, if there's a mantra, it could gather the mind. Uh, so I'm repeating the same sounds or series of sounds or sentence. It could really uh, gather the mind. When the mind gathers, it's, uh, it, it can be very f uh, satisfying, fulfilling, When the mind is gathered and stays on an object, it could be the flame of a candle or a mantra or the breath is one object that we use in meditation. When the mind gathers, often what will happen, it takes time and dedication and stuff, but when the mind gathers around something, it often will become happy because the doors of the difficult emotions close. So if I stay with and I'm dedicated to that I embrace that you know at some point uh, the desire for something else will disappear, disappear this door will close the aversion to what's happening opinions about what's happening wanting something else to happen these doors will close it will be energizing because I'm not leaking in all direction oh yesterday next week you know energy is gathered so suddenly there's no more problem of energy Oh, I have to meditate. There's no this. There's just there's this. It be, it can become delightful. It, contentment can arise. There's a fullness in that activity, and so it feels really good. In terms of the development of wisdom, the way I understand the practice is that there's none. <laughs> it's not investigating reality. It's not learning to be with reality. It's actually gathering the mind, which is extremely important in one's life and practice to have a mind that is able to remain, stay for uh, insight, like what we're doing here is insight meditation. It needs some concentration, some unification, or what I was calling earlier pacification of the mind to see actually what I'm describing, to tune in to beingness or whatever else we're tuning, the ephemerality of things, how life is flickering, like a series of impressions. One needs to be attentive. So the mantra could you serve as uh, energizing the mind, gladdening the mind, and making the mind sharp. But wisdom is something else from what I understand. So, and uh, you know, if you come from a different tradition, the teachings might be different. It might uh, it might be true, you know. But from uh, this tradition, that's how it's perceived. It's a tool that is useful, but liberation is something else. Liberation is intelligence. It's inquiry, investigation into reality. This cannot be done if the mind is too occupied by a mantra, for example. Okay. Claire, no, please. Um, all these, in your teachings, I've heard you say that you come to the body, often body sensation. And today you said for tuning into the beingness, 
and sound, he said. And that, is that a change in your practice? No, to me, um, it's sensory awareness. So, so it's not so much the body as senses, the five senses. Yeah, let's start with this. So the senses, it could be, it's, it's a physical aspect of reality, is a good doorway. So sounds is a physical, is vibration of, of, you know, I can't explain it, it's not my thing, but it's, an, it's a physical experience. So hearing is sensory awareness. It could be breathing. I talked about breathing, so that's body awareness. It's but a particular aspect of it, the breathing. It could be the tingling in the hands. To me, these days, it seems like all these are revealing... I don't know why I'm reluctant to say consciousness, because it seems like a thing, but it's more like a dynamic process of knowing, of being sensitive, of, of being. And so, yeah, it could be the, the posture, you know, being aware, like, why would I be aware of that the, the body is in this posture right now? Because in so at some point, it would not be the sensations of sitting that would become clear, but the fact that there's a knowing, that there's a... How are these appearing, these sensations? There's something that is revealing them. There's a sensitivity, an intelligence, uh, something is revealing. What I usually call moi, me, you know? But now I'm going a little deeper. It's like, yeah, it's me, okay? Mm -hmm. But what is this experience of me? What do I call me? It's, it's an awareness. It's a sensitivity. Amongst maybe other things, but certainly this is alive. It's interesting to actually touch that. And yesterday, um, and I'll add another part, also the sixth sense, which could be, and I was implying this when I was saying, become aware of the state of your heart or mind, like the inner... What's the tonality in that? What's the inner landscape like? If it's annoyed, it's not so much that we want to get so good at, annoy at being annoyed or being calm. It's that, the, again, that's particular thing I'm interested in these days is that by being joyful, I learn, I discover that there's a beingness in there. It takes the form of joy, but there's something that is revealing the joy or, or encountering it or... You know, there's, there's some, something that I usually call moi, but now I'm going beyond preconceived ideas or underneath them. Is that, okay, it's moi, but what's this moi that I keep talking about or referring to? You know, it's the sensitivity. How touching is that? The more I pay attention to it, mm. often the more I feel it's featureless. You know, I have a personality, but this, this awareness... I'm not sure it has. Actually, one teacher was saying, I've heard on the long retreat, he kept saying this all the time, kept saying, your body has a form, but your consciousness or your mind doesn't. That's why it can reveal the different experiences, because it doesn't have a form. So it can become the breath. It can become light. It can become annoyance. It can become joy. How can we know joy so well? It says that this awareness is a little bit like water. It goes around things. It goes inside of things if they're porous. You know, It reveals them, or like a mirror that reveals something. 
So I'm interesting in that, not in thoughts, but in action. What is that thing that can become, like, can totally fully know joy or anxiety or tingling in the toes? You know, you can very quickly go from feeling your eyes and eyelashes now to feeling maybe the coldness or the warmth in your toes. So there's something that is extremely agile and can take many forms or reveal many forms. It can reveal something that is abstract as kind of discouragement or despair or judgment. And it can also reveal heat or cold. This, what I call sensitivity. It's interesting to pay attention to that instead of what I want and what should be happening, you know. There's something happening now that is very kind of mysterious and beautiful, maybe. And somebody was, uh, somebody last night at a class came up with this interesting question. They said, when I do this, all that you're talking about that we're doing, I have this fear that... Uh, I'm going to disappear, or I'm going to fall into something really empty and, you know, and, and some emptiness or some, you know, by, and the expression he used was uh, by becoming kind of detached, like you're, what you're suggesting. And, uh, and I said, ah, I, th- I think you have, you, you might be, check it out, but you might be functioning Understanding all this from preconceived ideas, because what I'm talking about is vibrancy, is fullness. I'm not talking about emptiness of anything. I'm talking about fullness. I'm not talking about detached and removed. I'm talking about proximity, about closeness, about intimacy. This is the practice. Practice feels it comes close to. It goes into the breath. It goes into the joy. It goes into attention itself. It doesn't. It's not removed. This is not going to happen to you. But I understand. Maybe the fear is there for some reason. But listen to what I'm saying and try it out. Like from that perspective, that it's actually very much alive. What we're talking about. It's very vibrant where we're going. It's not dead. It's much more alive than what we've been up to now. Maybe. Yeah, and sometimes it helps. <laughs> so I, I thought that I was with you. Yeah, <laughs> until. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just wanted to try something out. Because when you were speaking earlier, I was translating it into presence. Yeah. However, <laughs> listening to you, you know, as you've now been speaking, I have the sense that presence, you know, like really being in the nanosecond <laughs> um, is also another tool, like being aware of the breath or anything else. That really, you're talking about... As a tool. Yeah. That's like the nuance you're... Like you're, that thing you're questioning and the thing that yeah, like uh, seemed to appear. presence that we're... That it's... Yeah, all this to me is really good stuff for investigation in real time. You know, that's where the answer will come. And for you, and also, 
my sense is that these teachings are f- to gain independence. So a teacher is presenting something, and the best best version is a teacher is presenting something, and it gets you like, hold on, I'm not sure of that, or that seems right. Let me check it out. Or, but that anything that is said is driving you to pay attention, inviting you to pay attention, to clarify for yourself, maybe in better terms, with more nuance, with subtleties, you know. So that's the idea, is really to invite practice, to invite oneself to see for oneself. You know? So I'm happy that there's like, hold on, there's two versions of it. One is presence as a, a fullness in itself, and one is presence as a tool, maybe. And w- what is what? And, in, and at what time, maybe? Maybe it's dynamic and it changes. So, thank you. I have a question or an observation about everywhere I go lately, I'm extremely aware of everybody with their cell phones taking pictures. And it's really brought up a lot of questions for me because in my garage I could see somebody taking a picture of a car that was in an accident and they need the photograph to send to their insurance company and that seems valid in some way. Or somebody taking a picture of a beautiful building tourist so that they can go home and do a show and tell routine. And then you see your your child or grandchildren and you're asked to take a photograph of them going down a ski hill or playing in the park and I have found myself afterwards realizing that I missed actually the seeing them because I was so busy Mm -hmm. worrying about framing it correctly and should it be vertical or horizontal and um, it just seemed to me that I, I was struck by a way that seemed to feel like a way of losing the actual moment Um, unless you think the moment is taking the photograph but it seemed more important that the moment should be actually watching these kids do whatever it was that they were doing yeah so again open to investigation What, what is the kind of renunciation that is called for to be present and what are the attitudes that can actually uh, free us. And uh, for different people, it's going to be different things, you know. Some people, they describe taking picture as being really alive, a- encountering reality, you know, like it's a way to actually pay attention and get closer. But if you're caught into, you know, wanting to stop a moment so you, you know, it looks like helping you acquire some, it's a kind of a acquiring. All these are calling for being attentive and mostly it's for ourselves you know because otherwise it can easily be judgment for others you know it's like it's full of judgment <laughs> 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 this is one good way to not be in the present <laughs> to have an opinion about it you know <laughs> it's one way to remove oneself and uh, to create separation and fragmentation and stress so one can be aware of that you know and and uh, and be curious about this, you know. Oh, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a... Let me go. I think I've seen hands around here, and I'll come back, but I... Um, I really like your... the use of the word beingness. Yeah? It mm-hmm. works for you? Yeah, very much so. And 
Uh, last time I, another time I asked a question about focusing on the movement in my chest. Yeah. And you said yes, you can do that, but you could also listen to the sounds. Yeah. And and I've been listening to the sounds, and um, although at home it's very quiet, so sometimes it's just the sound, the little sound, the breath in my ch in my throat or something uh -huh. that I hear, but. I think I feel more grounded or more beingness with the sounds, mm. and I and I um, I was thinking of there was a there's a pharaoh that I saw his statue in the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts with long ears, and I wonder I wonder <laughs> if it goes to a different part of your brain. I, I yeah it does hearing than mm. than um, than the movement. I, I feel it's deeper mm. and. And also the Buddha is often portrayed with long yeah. ears. Yeah. And so I wonder... Yeah, yeah. I'm not an historian, but I think in the Buddha, it's, like it, it's a sign of nobility, I think, for... But why, why long ears? Yeah. I mean, there may be something to do with... <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, what's very valid is your experience of like uh, you say this. There's yeah. something about hearing that touches you, and, and I feel more, yeah, deeper. Yeah. It's deeper. Yeah, great, and it it seems like it's revealing somehow your beingness. It's more. I'm more in touch with beingness. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So thank you. Great. I'm happy about that. Yes. I would like to uh, know more about when do you bring inquiry into things? I know that in experiencing this beingness is an observation. Yeah. And uh, seeing things as they are. But in you mentioned a few months ago that inquiry also. Yeah. Uh, that brings, this is what brings the wisdom. Yeah. So the inquiry, it's language is very tricky here I think and my my knowledge of English is limited so but the word investigation and inquiry they might um, have us have images that are not what we're talking about in Buddhist uh, practice or psychology so inquiry or investigation is not analyzing thinking of you know like you would think oh there's uh, anxiety let me investigate it why is it there? When did it start? It's not so much that inquiry or investigation. The word in Pali is dhamma vichaya. It's investigation of phenomena. So it means it's very real, real-time, present-time base. And one example I could use is uh, I imagine biologists going in the field to study the behavior of certain animals. They won't mess around so much. Like, hey, I want to ask you, why? What time do you come out at night? And you know, like it's not like this. You just you pay really close attention, and you let the thing do what it does. You know, and then you notice, oh my God, they come out at night. <gasps> they start by playing before they go gather the food, or you know, and then you make all kinds of discoveries. So it might seem a little passive, but it's very active. But so inquiry might not be the only way to talk about it, but it's certainly one way. So inquiry, uh, so let's say when we talked about the mantra, with the mantra, I'm busy repeating the sound. I cannot, I cannot inquire the behavior of the mind and body, you know. But if I just stay there, I'll notice 
maybe if the mind quiets down and I stay present to what's happening in from moment to moment, one thing that I might I I might discover is the flickering nature, the fugitive or passing nature of phenomena that thoughts appear and disappear sounds appear and disappear even from the perspective of a human being I've talked about this here before from the perspective of a human being toes even appears and disappear in books they say toes are there all your life you know but when you become attentive as a meditator you notice that toes are not always there they basically they probably appeared when I named them you know inexperience I'm not talking about the nature of reality I'm talking the Buddha was interested from the perspective of a human being things are flickering people you love keep appearing and disappearing in your mind they're not there all the time they appear and disappear images of yourself I'm good I'm bad keeps appearing and disappearing the more you pay attention to this so it's very very careful attention the more things starts to stand out in there really as they truly are. Not as we've been told they are, but as they truly are from a, from a human being's perspective. And you are touched at some point by the flickering, appearing and disappearing nature of phenomena. Everything. Taste. You know, you're tasting something, and then you start thinking, what's the recipe? You lost the taste, it's gone. And then, whoops, it reappears. And for human beings, it's really important to know that things constantly appear and disappear. Get acquainted with that. So the inquiry is not very like, okay, let me... It's pay attention and everything will be revealed for you. But stay. don't be too busy. If you're too busy trying to be perfect with the breath or you're busy with the mantra or you're busy with, uh, you know, sweeping your attention up and down maybe or something like that, you might not be able to experience that mind states arise and disappear you know that suddenly there's a wave of boredom or a wave of doubt or a wave of calm you know but if you pay attention long enough it's m mostly on duration you know continuity staying you'll notice that things appear and disappear and while they're there they even flicker in your consciousness you know and break, for example, a pattern? Uh, yeah, they would uh, break a pattern because, well, another <coughs> investigation that you would lead, but you wouldn't even know about it, probably. It would just appear to you with a mind that is really stable. You know, when I describe this, uh, I've described many times this experience where I'm on retreat, so I've been doing my work, you know, paying attention, pay attention. One day we, I'm in line in the food line, and I want to grab for my soup a spoon, and there's just the manche that is standing out, you know, the, the cups kind of are hidden. So I, I'm, I've, I've been attentive for a few days, paying attention. So at some point, I, I take a spoon like this, and the spoon that comes out is a huge serving spoon. And suddenly, I become really ashamed because I'm, I'm a greedy person, suddenly, like, and everybody saw how greedy I am. I got a big spoon. But the reality is I didn't want a big spoon. I wanted the regular spoon, you know. But because I had been attentive, the flickering na nature and the conditional nature of this pattern arose. Suddenly I was ashamed. I was greedy. There was a self-image. But because I saw it appear suddenly from, s from nowhere, like 
grab actually an opportunity I, I discovered this is not true you know so I, the investigation it was not like I didn't have to think about it it became like oh my god shame will attach itself to any opportunity it has I don't have to believe this it doesn't describe me I don't have to tell everybody no I'm not greedy or you know like forgive myself for being greedy I don't have to do all this you know it became clear like wow this is a mistaken view it's been conditioned in some ways, you know, original sin or whatever you want, you know. And now I was freed from that, or partly. I said, oh, next time I'm going to see this, I'm going to know. So the investigation was not very active. I was not thinking about I was just like the biologist and said, oh, you know, beavers tend to feel guilty when they grab the big spoon, you know. They've <laughs> been built like this. Do you see a little bit what I mean? It's just by paying attention. So this particular kind of uh, wisdom is the wisdom of kusala akusala. What is beneficial and true, and what is un- unbeneficial and untrue, un- unuseful. And so there was a clarification of this. I don't have to believe this. I don't have to take this as truth. I just have to recognize that this is an empty arising. It's a mistaken view that arises and so I can be caring or laughing about it but I don't have to own it identify with it fused with it be entranced by it yeah. thanks thank you okay yeah no, last uh, yeah, just, now that you say that it, it thank you it really clarified for me because I've been observing uh, anger yeah so and um, yeah, I feel that when I observe it, when you observe it, like rising, it's like, oh, this is anger, and you know, and what it causes. If I was not observing it, I would like totally go into it. Exactly. Like, so important, and but because I observe it, I laugh at it. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was anger, and then. You know, and, and I tell the person, oh, you know, I was going to get angry because of this, and then we laugh at it and we make a joke. And yeah, thank you. Now you clarify. It. it doesn't mean that I don't get angry. Yeah. Sometimes I don't observe it and I do get angry. Yeah. And then I realize after it's like, oh, I got angry this time, okay. But sometimes. You're not fused with it, with not, you're not totally entranced with it. It's not like. Yeah this other person is like that you know it's just like yeah. oh I'm under the spell of anger yes, so you yes. wake up so sometimes you'll find it funny and make you laugh yeah. and sometimes it won't be funny because it'll <laughs> yeah. still grab you but still yeah. you can do the work like yeah. oh my god I'm so angry yes. and being with a conscious being is so s- much more safe than being with an- somebody who's impatient and is unconscious they'll make you pay for it somebody who's angry and they're unconscious they might say like no I'm not angry angry it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's, and then you have to carry their anger you're like no I, I can see you're angry we can solve no I'm not angry I'm not angry <laughs> or they're angry and they lash at you and if you're conscious you can say to somebody I'm actually really angry right now at what you said so I think we need to unpack this a little bit or maybe I need just a few minutes because I'm really and the other person is safe you know yeah. they, you want actually abuse them you know yeah. you'll say oh done that doesn't work yeah. for me I can see like by the anger arising I can see this this is not a good deal right now yes. so and you own it you own it you're responsible for it yes. yeah. yeah so thank you thank you clarify that great so, yeah it was has been really helpful uh, observing 
yeah. these emotions. Being awake <coughs> to the mind states. Nice. Okay. Let's just take just a minute here to, to just notice what's alive. Become conscious of something, the body sitting, breathing, hearing, or the inner state. No need to change anything. Just become really aware. It's like this right now. become uh, more and more conscious every day with practice so that we uh, can become uh, more sensitive, resonant and responsible not guilty but responsible of what's happening so that we can choose and we can uh, bring less trouble to ourselves and to others and experience uh, more fullness. Okay, thank you so much for your consideration. There's a l- a lot of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But hopefully a little something will be of help mm-hmm. this week. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for the thank you for the dana as you come out. As you know there's two boxes. One is for the center who's uh, welcoming us here. So the center is taking care of us. It's good to take care of the center. And uh, the teacher lives on uh, your donation and it's I ate today, and I truly hope to eat tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you.